We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the special edition podcast. You know, once a year it comes around. March Madness, baby. Um, this is Nick. Boss here, hosting, new spot for me for, for, for once, um, but this is my shit, I love March, my team is in, I'm joined by our guest, Alan Sturk, the two-man show today, uh, what's going on, Alan? This is going to be a fun dynamic, I'm yeah. really looking forward to this. The energy in the room is pretty much at an all-time high, considering Alan here is a St. John's fan, um, sweated it out to the very end, we were texting back and forth, ultimately, Team 68, what was that feeling watching Selection Sunday? Been watching it for 12 years. Been a, a very patient, very disgruntled St. John's fan. Uh, obviously, major underachievers this year, but nevertheless, in the day of tournament. The best part was that Belmont Temple were like the first two selected, and then you just get those nerves, and you see Ohio State was 11 seed, and I forgot who the other 11 seed was, maybe their automatic bid, but then just the last two, it was just, you don't know what's going to happen. And you just see that slotted on the screen. It's just like, yeah! Yeah, yeah. And it, just the fact that it was the, they were literally the last team in. Like, they were one bid steal, whether it was Bowling Green or Wichita State or Memphis or whoever that could have been a bid steal. The fact that all those teams lost, because that Saturday was big. Because I remember when Oregon won, people were freaking out. Right. And um, I think UNC Greensboro were then, ended up, they were the recipients of that. They didn't get in because right, of right. Oregon. They were so, first team out. So if anyone's supporting them, right, the little <laughs> condolences. Guy, yeah, that sucks, though. The little like, guy yeah, got beat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, Selection Sunday for me is obviously the start of the madness. Like, uh-huh. feels like a holiday in itself because you wake up Sunday morning, right? You still have a few conference tournament finals, which is nice. Like oh. the, the SEC final, the American final, yeah. which was a good game yeah. with Houston and Cincinnati. And Big Ten. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's some good games. Yeah. And then it leads right into like, you know, dinner time, 6 o'clock, right? Mm-hmm. right? You know, let me grab a bite quick, but mm-hmm. let me make it quick so I don't miss the Selection Sunday. The um, thing is, as a St. John's fed, you rarely have emotional investment because this is only the third time they've made in the last 17 years. So usually I spend my Sundays, I'm like, all right, who am I going to pick? Uh, who's yeah. going to be the upset? Like, I, I have this mindset, just like, all right, I'm just going to focus on bracket. But this year, having that emotional investment because you being a Q's fan every year, you're yeah. ready to go. Whether it doesn't matter if they're a 5 seed or 11 seed, Q's, they're going to be a problem in March. And yeah, yeah. You're just looking for the matchup. That's funny, too, because like the last three years, the, the Q's has been on the bubble. Yeah. Every year. So I was in your shoes mm-hmm. the last three years, but this year was, you know, nice and comfortable for me. It was a relaxed selection mm-hmm. Sunday for once. Well, last year was super controversial. People were like, well, how did Q's get in? And they next yeah. weekend just beat Michigan State. Yeah, that's why they're in. Yeah, yeah. They were they were in the playing game. Same spot yeah. as uh, Arizona State. The Johnnies are. Yeah. Same exact spot. Um, but uh, let's dive into it. You know, the bracket is obviously out. Um, just to start, before we really dive into it itself, any gripes with um, either – who was left out 
I'm sure you have no gripes because St. John's less than. But <laughs> NCA committee, phenomenal job. I, I, I like how you guys just value everything. I forgot. I think his name was Kevin White. No relation to the wide receiver in the NFL, but I think he was like the main main person in the committee. And they were talking about how they value kind of like where the losses came from if players are injured. Because we, we were talking about Zion, the right. Duke situation. But they mentioned like Ponds being out, what led to the Paul loss. Uh, Mustafa Haran missing, I think, the province game. And I think they're at the Paul game. So they look at just players getting injured. I, the metrics are so weird. Like, I know this was the whole turnover this year. But I think they were really looking at who should be in the top 50. Looking at your record, I think St. John's was like 5-5. Five and five, and then they were looking at if injuries played a factor in some defeats. So I think that's ultimately why they got in besides the signature wins over Marquette. And no, but I did feel a little bit bad for TCU, but then I was looking at their record. I'm like, they probably shouldn't have been in, right? Yeah, yeah. Seven and 11 in conference, kind of yeah. underwhelming no matter what conference you're in. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, the bubble in my eyes was soft, like really, really soft. This oh, it's year. never been softer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't really have any gripes with uh, anyone left out. Um, I thought they got it right. And you know what? To me, even if they didn't, what is it, like a two hour thing after the show where people, you know, bitch and moan about yeah. Who didn't get in? Who did get in? Who shouldn't have been in? A lot of people upset on Twitter. I saw your timeline about yeah. the Johnnies getting in, but you know what? Come Monday morning, everyone's like, you know, more worried about who's going mm-hmm. to the Final Four right. or what upset I need to pick, and that's great for the committee. You know, it's yeah. it's usually like a one hour window where they get heat, and then it's just you know the madness of the brackets. I think the because the bubble is so soft this year. You can't really have too many complaints because if you didn't get in, you just clearly didn't deserve. Because like, look at Florida; they were a ten seed and they had what fourteen losses. I think Oklahoma's another one, but Oklahoma had a really uh, tough resume. Like I think they played the most uh, games against like the top fifty. So I think that's why Oklahoma, who didn't have that much of a bad record in TCU, still got in with a. I think they were a nine seed, right? And just look, scheduling matters. I think that's for why sure. NC State worst non-conference schedule. You're gonna get punished for that. So. Yeah, like three hundred thirty-nine. I yeah. think their strength of schedule. Was. Hey. I'll admit St. John's had a pretty terrible non-conference schedule too, but look, sometimes you, just, you land a few signature wins and yeah. you just somehow get it. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to have this plus mama face and move from there. <laughs> I think that's all that matters, honestly, is strength of schedule, signature wins. Like Those are mm-hmm. two key cocks, no matter what they do. like I know they changed that new metric of the net, mm-hmm. uh, which was supposed to be a huge indicator. They dropped the RPI mm-hmm. this year and all that. but People used you know to what? mock the RPI. I remember like, oh, the RPI. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, ultimately... Like you said, I think it's strength of schedule yeah. and signature wins. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, NC State, obviously one of the worst strength of schedules. They came out, you know, with a statement today bitching about the net and all that. Yeah. But, I mean, whatever. You're out. You're out. You should, Next year, you know who had a book. Book, book a, you know, exactly. a tougher non-conference. Exactly. Um, anyway, any gripes about seeding? Oh, there was a couple. Uh, yeah. The first one that stuck out of my mind just from watching the show live. Like, I know Kansas – legendary program still had a very good year given all the adversity but for them to be a four and then you have iowa state as a six it's just like did you not watch what happened saturday yeah like that was a one-side beating i know we shouldn't put too much value into conference tournaments but it, it wasn't like they those two teams were that apart in the, during the season i know iowa state i think they lost the last six out of eight before a tournament yeah super enigmatic like they were supposed to be they got a mariel shayak who transferred yeah. from uva who's like a real player yeah, but i like horton tucker yeah, yeah 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 they hit and uh liggington i think their mm-hmm. point guard yeah w- like they one of the best six men they just hit a wall i don't know what it was but they killed like in Feb- the tournament february but yeah. then yeah like they turned it back on and yeah. it showed for, i mean from the jump from a uh, preseason they were supposed to be you know a top dog in the big 12 mm-hmm. and ultimately come the conference tournament they really showed what they were made of but to have them two apart as a six and right? then a four that's a that's kind of a, i don't agree with that that's right? about like i mean if you look at this, the bracket, it's like, what, eight teams apart or so? Yeah. And they're in the same region, the Midwest. And they have Auburn at five. And Auburn just won the SEC tell. Right. I think Auburn make a case could have been a four. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, interesting. My, I mean, my biggest gripe was Michigan State getting the shit end of the two seed. Yeah, I They're coming in that. at number eight, right? It's not nice. <laughs> Which ultimately puts them in a region with Duke after winning the Big Ten title. And, um, I mean, shit, you look at the, the bracket – you know, you're scrolling around and you see Michigan gets, I think, a nice, you know, a nice placement in the West mm-hmm. at number two. So right. they're both two seeds. Mm-hmm. And Michigan State, Michigan, same mm-hmm. conference, play each other three times this year. Michigan State beat them all three times. Mm-hmm. And I like, think Michigan me, State has the most wins in the top 50. I think they had like 14 this year. Right. Yeah. So it's just like you see that they're preferring who wins the most in the top 50. That's what I think they're really valuing the most. And right. it's like, how do you not reward them? Yeah, that's the biggest head scratcher to me. I mean, I think Michigan State off that conference champ, uh, conference tournament run mm-hmm. and regular season run over Michigan three times to get the shit end of the stick with yeah. stuck in the same region yeah. as Duke. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. as a two. Mm-hmm. Big head scratcher for yeah. me. I, I would have preferred to see them mm-hmm. elsewhere, even if it wasn't the West, like just anywhere else. They mm-hmm. they were, in my eyes, a high two. Right. Not not the worst of the twos. I thought another egregious mistake was the fact that Marquette five, Nova six. It was once again, are we not just going to value conference tournament play? And then Nova was the actual but once again this is what they mentioned that Marquette had uh, I think they were like 9-4 against top 50 while Villanova was actually like barely over 500 against top 50 because they had a couple bad losses early in the year those November losses look good because I think they lost like Furman and Penn so I think that came back to haunt them but it's just they won the Big East outright yeah just like was it outright or was it both both yeah 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 Yeah. because Marquette they lost their last four yeah, you know, they destroyed St. John's. Uh, not saying much, and then they <laughs> lost the they lost Seen Hall in the semifinals in that crazy game. Lost Seen Hall <laughs> at the end of the year too. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I just Marquette, given how bad they play, I just don't understand how they're five. But I think those early season wins they put up a pretty impressive resume. But I think that's just, when you just look at some of the conferences and then you see where they're seated at. I think that's what sticks out. Just like all right, you got Marquette, Nova, and then you have Kansas, and then Iowa State. Just like. Yeah, yeah. Not, we we just watched the conference tournament. Like that has to have some value to it. But right, those are just minor grips. Other than that, I thought nothing too crazy. cool with the the three uh, ACC one seeds. I am personally. Oh, I yeah. think those are the three best teams in the country, regardless of Absolutely. beating each other up in conference. I know UVA lost twice to Duke, mm-hmm. um, and then lost in the tournament to FSU. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, maybe since, maybe Cincinnati because that that's a one. It, no, no, no. Oh, oh, sorry. No, no. I thought Cincinnati as a seven is a little harsh. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, My yeah, bad, yeah, my yeah. bad. Because I was really impressed. I watched that game against Houston. They looked really good. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, But once again, this is me. It's, I think it's just like, what have you done lately? That's why maybe that kind of affects my mindset. Rather than look at the Maybe right. that's why I'd be terrible on the committee. But <laughs> but it's just, they put a B on Houston. For them to only be a seven. But to their benefit, they're playing, I think, near Columbus to start the tournament. So Which is nice. They're obviously in Ohio, revenge. so yeah. it's like a home game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no gripes for me with the, the three mm-hmm. ACC ones, yeah. which was kind of a big deal heading into the selection. Because yeah. you had, uh, if Tennessee were to win, they were talked about possibly being one, but they, they were replaced fell, Gonzaga. fell short of Auburn. Or UNC, they were talking about, um, you know, maybe falling off the one. Right. But, um, but, yeah, so three ACC ones, Michigan over Michigan State. Um, regardless, let's let's jump right into it. You know, let's this start. Is what you want? You got to start with the first name that pops up. Duke, the one seed overall in the East. What do you got for me? What, what are we looking at? Because see, when I look at a region, I like to look at. You know, for me, I, I'm just a college basketball like I want to say junkie because I love it every Saturday, Big Monday. You know, everything doubleheaders. So I look at you know, for me, it's like big time players mm-hmm. who I can see like. You know, there's a lot in this region. I know I have a future bet on this region on LSU before the season. Ooh. I got it at 120 to 1. So, not liking the draw, you know, in the Duke <laughs> And the region. situation. <laughs> yeah, and the situation with all surrounding Will Wade, who's suspended. Um, but there's so many good teams in here. This is a, a playing game with Belmont and Temple. Mm. Um, you have Virginia Tech, who's getting Justin Robinson back. There's a lot to digest here. So, when you see this region, what pops out to you right away, other than... Zion, the human people eater, Williamson machine. Yeah, uh, this I kind of like the mixture because you see a lot of the same conferences. So you got Michigan State, Minnesota, and Maryland. All they could possibly meet up, especially Michigan State and Minnesota, and then a potential Sweet Sixteen match between Duke and VTech. Let's not forget VTech beat them, and I think Zion was healthy in that game. Yeah, no mistake. And they didn't have Justin Robinson either. So just the familiarity in this bracket, you could see a lot of different matchups. I'm kind of excited by Mississippi State just because you, that's a team you rarely see make the tournament. And uh, I think Ben Howland's done a really good job this year. Uh, like I like Weatherspoon the guard. So with them possibly playing VTech, like we, there's a lot of fun second round matches. I, the first round, I don't see much that's appealing. Like I know the big storyline. Uh, Patino versus Louisville. Yeah, Richard Patino. Yeah, of course. Uh, Do you think that's a big storyline or is it getting a little overblown? Uh, I think it's kind of cool, but, you know, if he was, if this was like in the Kentucky area, I think it'd be a bigger storyline. But Mm -hmm. to be at a neutral, you know, I don't really see it as that big of a Mm storyline. It's a nice little touch, though. I mean, you know, for, for, I guess, a game of that nature. Nice to, you know, build something around that. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I like it. I think there's a lot of pressure actually on Chris Mack because Louisville has th- been notorious for losing double-digit leads this year. Of course, the Duke game, as everyone yeah, remembers. Yeah, they, like, had some weird, like, collapses. Even against Clemson. Yeah. They, like, blew, like, a massive lead. And then 
had a block shot at the buzzer yeah, to save it. Yeah. Yeah, so. And then I think they blew a 10-point lead against Virginia. But then let's not forget last year, Chris Mack with that Xavier team, number one seed, and they crash out the fun Florida State team. But still, when you're a one round seed. Round 32, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a bad look. So I think there's a lot of pressure on Chris Mack, especially now going up against uh, Patino. But Louisville, just, like they're not as talented as past Louisville teams, but they're very good defensively, and I think they could cause problems. And then you have Michigan State, which has kind of flopped the past few tournaments. I know Michigan State, they're right on a high right now. but Cuse, baby. We knocked yeah. it out last year, Miles Bridges. <laughs> like Michigan State, they're always, they always seem to be coming up, but given how banged up they are, you feel like they're kind of liable to get knocked out early. So it, like this is Duke's bracket to lose, but a lot of twists and turns. We even talked about LSU. Like You're LSU guy. Like, oh, are you yeah. nervous? Um, you know what? I am because I watched the, the Ivy. You talk about Sunday. There was the Ivy title game was Sunday. Oh, and our buddy Marco... Yeah. Who's a went to Yale, Yale alumni? So, oh my God. Uh, actually, watched that game. They have an NBA prospect. I heard who's about a it, yeah. second round pick projected. Mia mm-hmm. uh, Oni, who's a nice little, uh, you know, like a small forward swingman type mm-hmm. player. And their point guard is is uh, pretty quick. His name is escaping me right now. Freaking forgetting his name. But um, it'll be a nice matchup between him and Tremont Waters, who's yeah. probably you can argue one of the top point guards in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the LSU size is too much. I love Nas Reed, oh, big who's a local product, you yeah, know, yeah. Jersey guy, and uh, Cavell Bigby Williams, who transferred in from Oregon. Who's I been... can't believe he's still playing college. I remember him a few years ago when he was on Oregon. Like yeah. he was a really good rebounder for him. And then I'm seeing him, like, is that the same dude? Like he's one of those guys. Like I can't believe he's still in college. Yeah, dude's been nothing short of a beast for them. Like they're they're just. I think their size will help them big time mm-hmm. against the Yale, a little smaller team. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I like. You know, Virginia Tech getting Justin Robinson back, like we talked about. That's a team I'm watching for. They have um, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, yeah, who's big time an NBA prospect. Yeah. So they kind of held the fort down without Justin Robinson. Had some couple big wins. Mm-hmm. And he's their point guard. And I firmly believe that come March, you need guard play oh, yeah. to win. They also helps big time. We have... One of my favorite coaches, Buzz Williams, on the sidelines, Buzz. sweating it up, you know, <laughs> jumping up and down. He's stop I, cussing. <laughs> the, one of the best lines ever. Yeah, he gets YouTube on the mic. that YouTube that they're cursing. I think it was the Duke game. They're saying like this is bullshit. Hey, stop cussing. Yeah, he takes the mic at the at the Legend, table. Man. Yeah, Buzz yeah. Williams is the great. By the way, you also get credit. I think Blackshear has been one of the most improved players in the country. Yeah, yeah, he's really evolved this year. So yeah, Vtech's really talented. Just how they're gonna look at full strength because they don't have a lot of depth. That's a problem. Like you saw, a lot of their guys had to play like forty minutes. Right. Once Robinson went out, so it's gonna be a, see a cool adjustment yeah. for them. And they got the upstart Billikens, who uh, won the A10. Surprisingly, right. yeah. um, the Bonaventure. Yeah. yeah, fell short of mm-hmm. winning that conference title. Uh-huh. So bid stealer there. Yeah. Um, they draw Virginia Tech, but. Yeah, I mean, I I like this region, but obviously, you know, you see Duke, probably a heavy favorite for me in my Elite Eight. I mean, I mean, my Sweet Sixteen just drawing it out. I have one through four. Um, I think. Same, yeah. I think it goes chalk here. I'm intrigued by Maryland, though. Uh, I like Bruno Fernandez a lot. Then you have Jalen Smith, the, those two big fours. You don't see a lot of teams with two NBA big bodies. Right, and, and then Anthony oh. Cowan's a nice little point guard, you know, yeah, too. Yeah. Like he's a top, you know, mm-hmm. solid guard for them. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, there's I, I think too. I think Maryland's the one team you, you could possibly and, and I think that region they could play Washington D.C. if they make the Sweet 16. So that'll be something to keep in mind. But uh, I do want to mention though for people that are looking for like obviously the big freak in this tour is Zion. But if you want to see something else in this region, seven six giant from UCF, Taco. That's right. Like I I want to see him against Duke. Like I don't know how good he'll play. I, I know he shoots like 40% free throw, so probably with the free throw line bricking, but just to see him against all those freaks on Duke, that's a fun matchup if it happens. I think they will be VCU. Right. UCF, they're, they're a pretty cool story. Yeah, Taco Fall is his name. He's, yeah. Look him up. He's like 7'3", seven, 7'4". Seven, no, he's like 7'6", I think. Is he? Yeah. Like, and he plays significant minutes. so he's like, He averages like 12 a game. Yeah, he's a key contributor for that team. So, yeah. God, I would pay to see like Zion just coming down and throwing one on his head. It's, it's, I think it's a real watch. possibility. Like this, this is a fun bracket, but I think we do have to – we haven't really talked much about Duke. I assume everyone knows about Duke at yeah, this point. Yeah, Duke is but, top dog. I mean, you have yeah. R.J. Barrett, Trey Jones. Like, if you haven't seen any Duke this year, watch them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're – the probably the most exciting team right. uh, in college basketball. Obviously, they have your favorite. They have Cam Reddish too, who I didn't say. Uh, you know, like three top five picks maybe, and Coach K at the oh, helm, yeah. like just legend status what, all what's, around. What's scary about Duke is that they're not a good shooting team at all. Right. Yeah, they're so dominant. Right. Yeah. And like Zion, I think his shooting percentage is like seventy percent, mm-hmm. but it's like all two pointers. Right. And you know he's shooting two pointers, mm-hmm. and you can't stop him. Like that dude was a force on the glass, force in the paint. Yeah. He's unstoppable, and he eats human beings. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, one last thing I just want to touch about uh, Temple. 
is nice, cool story. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in the playing game. Fran Duffy, their coach, this is last year. So uh-huh. cool to see them get get in as one yeah. of the final four in. Um, that co- Fran Duffy's been there for a long ass time. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a legend of the game, mm-hmm. and uh, nice to see him sent off um, in style in the tournament. So that's that's pretty cool. But um, yeah, who do you got? Who you got here in the in the Elite Eight? What's your regional final here? I'm going chalk at Duke Michigan State. I was thinking Michigan State would be a potential two seed to get upset, but I just don't see anyone that really comes to mind. Louisville is just way too inconsistent. The whole LSU situation worries me. Uh, I kind of want to believe in Maryland, but they I don't know. I'm not a big uh, what's his name Mark Turgeon? Turgeon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Turgeon. Sorry, I think that's their coach. By the he's way, he's always underachieves in March. Like uh, one of my best friends goes to Maryland. Like they're just like, they're gonna bound to fall apart. So <laughs> it doesn't matter how much talent they have, in Maryland, they're gonna bound to fall apart. So uh, even though I think Michigan State, they were one of the more vulnerable two seeds. I do think they'll eventually get there, but. I think Duke's talent just, especially if Nick Ward's not healthy. I know Nick Ward, they're slowly bringing back, but if he's not right, I think they just don't have enough firepower in Michigan State. Right. I got Duke, LSU. Ooh. I got LSU. Maybe a little biased because I have that ticket, like I said. <laughs> they got the talent, LSU. But, uh, it's just They do, they do. Yeah. They got, like, Skylar Mays, nice three-point shooter uh-huh. for them. They just have, they're a deep team. Javante Smart is they back. They got back, yeah. He was uh, controversially suspended because he's the believed recruit mm-hmm. to have been, you know, forwarded some money or Receive some benefits from Will Wade uh, in exchange for his commitment to LSU. But he's back. I know Will Wade has asked to be reinstated. I don't know if you saw that. Their head did coach. He? But, um, he comes back. Didn't go over well because he won't meet with the, the brass. Oh. And he won't deny any wrongdoing. Because so. if you remember from last year, when did Sean Miller like, come back? Because remember the whole Arizona situation? Oh, yeah. And then they lost first round. Oh, God. Concerned, you know, this worries me about LSU. The thing is, like, that Arizona loss, they just couldn't have looked more disinterested. Like, Buffalo was just tearing them apart, and you could just tell players are like, like, cheer didn't care. I know it's a, it's a lane to use the term, but you could just tell from their just facial expressions. Like, they just did not want to be there. Like, Sean Miller just staring into space, and, like, they're down by 25. It's yeah, just, it was a weird It's situation. like, dude, you have a lottery pick, and then Cheer is also... Number one player. overall pick. Yeah, eight. well, Aiden, yeah. And then Cheer, it just... I think LSU, they're way more well-rounded in Arizona, but it just... But that's something that's lingering overhead, especially a team that they're not really that experienced. Like this is their first time in the tournament. In how long? It has to be at least a couple of years. Who's that? LSU? Yeah. Because uh, um, they didn't even make it when Simmons was there. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is controversial because he was always you know touted as a top pick from yeah. high school. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I just think the Josh Langford injury, which is you know they've he's been out for some time now, but mm-hmm. I think that comes back to hurt them ultimately. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's the sniper of that team. Oh, yeah. um, although Michigan State also has one of the top guards. That'll be a fun matchup. Cassius Winston Ooh. versus uh, Tremont Waters if it gets to that point, which yeah. I do have it going there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have LSU besting Michigan State. And then I got Duke LSU. And I can't, I can't pick against Duke. Not this early, even though it's late in the tournament. I have Duke going to the Final Four out of this region. You you really have to just hate Duke if you don't pick Duke to make the Final Four. Like, yeah. it's just To me, this is like... Regions pretty straightforward. Like even some of the matchups, like it's hard to pick upsets in this one. Like I have all the four regions. I think this one you can't really get creative with. It's, uh, like I know people try to avoid going chalk, but this is one where it's just like the matches play out. Like, I think Maryland could possibly make a run, but other than that, I think you're most likely going to stick with chalk here. Yeah, I got I got Minnesota though uh, over Louisville. Ooh, okay, I mean it's it's power so five, power Minnesota, five. Yeah. But I like Amir Coffee. Yeah, Jordan Murphy, uh, nice big guard. Yeah. Jordan Murphy yeah. also on the on the you know, so inconsistent so. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but uh, all right. So that's that. Let's uh, go down to the bottom, to the west. Wow, wow, west. One of the more <laughs> I think open regions, fun region. Uh, in this tournament, Gonzaga, the last one seed coming mm-hmm. in number four. Uh, so they're the one here. Um, intriguing region, right? You have my Syracuse Orange. I'll throw that out there right away. They you got the Johnnies. You got the Johnnies <laughs> creeping. Johnnies in the playing game. You got Buffalo, who's upstart, right? They Ooh. like we just said they beat uh, Arizona last year, and then had a I think a thirty win season this year. So right. Nate Oates, who's a top coach, they oh. just uh, inked. So mm-hmm. he might be a power five. He might leave for a power five, but he's filled in for Bobby Hurley, who left for Arizona State and right. done a phenomenal job with that program. We got the greatest five twelve matchup possibly ever. Possibly, yeah. Two conference of the uh, players of the year in their con- respective conferences. Uh, Marcus Howard out of Marquette mm-hmm. and. John Morant, obviously, out of yeah. Murray State, who's going to be a top five pick, which is kind of unusual coming mm-hmm. from a mid-major. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting. Nevada's a seven. Like, Nevada's a seven with the Martin Twins. Yeah, like they're talented enough to be a four, but I know they've a little bit underachieved, but they're a threat. 
And we haven't even talked about the Big 12 champs or regular season champs in Texas Tech. Right, right. So, uh, and Michigan to round it out at the bottom. Didn't even talk about the national champ or well, national runner ups from last year. Right, right. Yeah. So, um, and Florida State, Florida which, State, which I love. Like, dude, yeah, like, you, this reach is fun. Like, all right, there's not, like, I can't see any of these teams really winning it, going all the way. Maybe Gonzaga, but. It's still the funnest region. There's so much talent here. I just ran through the region, and I feel like I haven't covered everyone yet. Like, that's how exciting it is. Like, there's so much going on here that mm-hmm. there's just, like, you could start anywhere. So, where do you want to start? Like, what's your favorite matchup, and what are you looking for coming out well, of we this gotta region? Go. We, we got to talk about Mark and Murray State a little more. Just that guard matchup, because uh, Marcus Howard, I think, other than Zion, is arguably the most exciting player in the country. I just, the way this guy is just so thrilled. So he'll just shoot from 30 feet. No problem. Like Marquette, they have scores. Obviously you have the Hauser brothers. You have, uh, I like Sakar, Anim. He's got a Theo John's up. He, he reminds me of like a poor man's version of Rico guys. This guy's just a monster. Like it's the way he's built, but he can't free throws. He's not that skilled, but Big he's chain just, protector. Yeah. Though. He's, he's intimidating as hell, but Marquette, they're cut. They've been on a real slump, but with Howard, just the way he shoots. And then on the other side, Murray state, I just think that's going to be the funnest matchup. Yeah, Murray State took down uh, Belmont, who wound up getting an at-large, mm-hmm. which is pretty interesting. Um, but, yeah, Marcus Howard, I mean, that dude, like you said, he'll, liable to pull from anywhere on the court. Mm-hmm. And um, he'll shoot 25 times. Like, he'll go 9 for 25, but you know what? Right. He'll Co- still get his numbers. Coach Woj trusts him with anything. I mean, you saw, if you watched the Big East tournament, uh, they were down two late in the game with seven seconds left. Didn't take a timeout, mm-hmm. let Marcus Howard drill it up, took a step back three, which is, <laughs> you know – some people say not a good look, right? Because it was contested three. Mm-hmm. But if you put Marcus Howard anywhere in the gym, it's a good look. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be an exciting matchup. I love to see that we get to see John Morant mm-hmm. uh, in the tournament. I think would have be would have been um, you know a travesty if we didn't get to see him. Considering yeah. like we said, he's a top five pick, so mm-hmm. that's exciting. He gets some national exposure before heading mm-hmm. off to the NBA draft, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Syracuse plays Baylor, which I'm super pumped about. Uh, I feel like we got the weakest one seed. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, you know, all one seeds are strong, but Gonzaga, uh-huh. it's nice for for me as an as a Syracuse fan, um, just the unfamiliarity of having to play a team on two days uh, rest in Gonzaga with them not really seeing the zone a lot, yeah. you know, because the other one seeds, like we talked about, were Virginia, UNC, and Duke, who mm-hmm. Syracuse plays in conference. Mm-hmm. I think, like, we've played the, each team twice. Or whatever. Anyway. And they, after that Virginia game, you don't want to see Virginia. Yeah, oh, God. They <laughs> shot the lights out against us. Um, but, yeah, so so I, I I like that. That was my most f- desirable draw um, for me. And then um, – What do you make of Gonzaga? Because obviously they lost to St. Mary's. We haven't really seen much of them since the fall, winter, because that's when they play. Like, Honestly, you don't really get to see Gonzaga much during the, during the prime right. years. And a lot of people don't pick Gonzaga because they're – if you want to get technical, they are a mid-major, right? In the West Coast Conference, no mm-hmm. one really talks about that kind. So it's a right. weak conference, but yeah. they are class personified. Yeah. They've been a one seed for years now. Right. Um, they have the talent. I love Josh Perkins, senior. He right? he's the Perry Ellis of this tournament. <laughs> like just somebody that I swear he's been in college basketball since like 2012. Yeah, yeah. So you got Perkins, you got Hui Hachimura, yeah. right? Another upperclassman, junior, I believe. Killian Tilly, who's back from injury. Come back from the which dead. Which is the X factor yeah. right there. And he's come back with a vengeance because, remember, he got hurt, I think, the practice before they were supposed to play Florida State in the Sweet 16 last year. He went down, couldn't play, and then Florida State just beat him by, like, 12. So he's come back with a vengeance. And then Zach Norvell, who might be one of the best shooters in the country, right? Right. Yeah. So it's rounded it out. So they got a nice— And Clark— Who's the stud? Like they have a lot of firepower. It's They're just, deep too. Yeah, yeah. It's just how they hold up defensively. Because whenever the issue with any Gonzaga team is just if they get cold from the field and then they start if teams start getting physical with them, how they respond? Because I think that's kind of how they've fallen apart the past years. Obviously, they made the final two years ago and it was kind of ugly right, against UNC. Goss, yeah, yeah. But they hated their thing. But I remember last year when Florida State with their like freak of natures and just pounding on them. Like Gonzaga just couldn't respond. So like if you get nasty with them, I want to see like, could they handle diversity? Right. And um, I mean, shit, we talk about non-conference. They booked a crazy non-conference. They played Tennessee, Duke. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played the, the big Duke, boys. Yeah. They played the big boys before they got into their conference. So their, their game, their mm-hmm. game. Um, St. John's, oh. right? The playing game here. Hey. St. John's, Arizona State. Um, Wednesday night. I'm not sure where we'll, where we'll find you. You'll probably be 
creeped in my basement. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I just want in the I, fetal position, yeah. like just rocking back and forth until tip. Yeah. I just want um, Friday. Just let me have Friday. Like, we'll just see what happens <laughs> Wednesday. But yeah, it's hard to have much expectations. Like they haven't played well in the month. We got you know, it's just team very undersized. Just I don't think they could gel like Haran and Pons. I don't think they've been able to play together, even though they do form one of the best backcourts. Uh, Justin Simon, I think someone to watch out for. Like just big east defender year and he's somebody that he knows his limitations but he will produce so i am confident i think they will be arizona state but buffalo just those guards and just the way they press like they could really really force your hand like i think buffalo could give even texas tech some problems because texas tech don't have great ball handlers but texas tech can get nasty and then they do have call i think jared culver by the way is one of the more underappreciated stars he just does it all right right and there was there zaire smith Right, I think they lost like seven their starters or something. Right, and and oh no no no, I I don't think I think they were picked seventh to start the year in the Big Twelve. I remember the number seven was connected. I think they were predicted in the preseason to finish seventh in the Big Twelve, and look at them now. Right, Chris Beard, phenomenal, genius. Um, but yeah, it's exciting. I think Shamari Pons on St. John's is one of the most exciting players. And he a thirty burger for me, just individually. You know, like (laughs) talk about Marcus Howard, but he goes. You know, toe to toe with him in conference play, mm-hmm. um, Southpaw, which is kind of interesting. You know, got the lefty approach. I, I fuck with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're an interesting team. Obviously, the local team here, so they got a ton, of, a big following from mm-hmm. from us and from the media. We see them on the back pages today with Chris Mullen. Yeah, uh, relieved. Uh, that's the word I use. If like, yeah, how you sure. feel, I'm just like I'm just relieved. I'm not sure what he uh, looks like. He looks like dazed and confused every time I look at him. But um, yeah, <laughs> in nonetheless. Uh, and then you know, toward the bottom of the region, we got. Nevada, the Martin Twins, and Jordan Caroline. Yeah. Two well, I'm not sure it's healthy, though. Yeah. Caroline, he's been banged up. Right, right. But he'll be he'll be a go. Um, came up short in the conference tournament. Mm-hmm. I think, I forgot who they played the first game, but they ultimately lost to San Diego State, which yeah. was, they just struggled like that, those, both of those games, mm-hmm. and it was, you know, kind of concerning. I think um, they got a great draw, though. I, I do not think Florida's all that great. I know Florida got hot recently, but they struggled Florida's to score. Florida's beat LSU twice. That's really what they're hanging their hat on and getting in the much, tournament. Yeah. Um and but, overtime too, yeah. I think both times. But I don't think they have the firepower to stay with. Like Nevada's a score, and Florida just yeah. does not well, have scores. So they I have, have three freshman good. guards, I believe, who their names are escaping me. But they were fun to watch when they played uh, LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're they're an interesting team. Um, Nevada back on the seven line. I think they were on the seven line last year. They were. Or were they, they beat tight. The they played. No, no, no they played seven. Yeah, they played yeah. Obama, and then they beat Cincy. They're down twenty. Right. Yeah. Like I, everyone knew there could possibly be a threat. Like I was seriously considering that, but I was just like. I don't know much about this team, but since you know are infamous for crumbling in the tournament, like they're one of those teams that like they will not get the Sweet Sixteen. As good as, uh, as stable as that program is, they always tend to fall apart. when Nevada beat them, but then they ran to Leola. Right, and then you got uh, Michigan rounding it out on the bottom. Uh, one of the best, I think they're one of the more complete starting fives. But the issue with them is just they have no bench whatsoever. Like, right, and Matthews has been struggling with the back injury. I know Livers has stepped up for them, but if Brodzioskis, who's Oof, a top freshman, fun to watch. He's a badass man. He he's gets a, in your face, man. He does he's not. Very care. passionate. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, you know, his body language shows how he's feeling that mm-hmm. night. He'll he'll be in your face. He'll yeah. let you know if he's having a good game yeah. or not. And then John Teske, too, is one of the, I think, more undersung big men right, in the right. country. Like he's They're just, just a fun team, man. Solid all around. Yeah. I love Teske. Yeah. Like he, he's, he's more of the new age big man where he can step out, but he can also put you in the post and, you mm-hmm. know, dope a jump hook. So Because yeah. let's not forget Jordan Poole, the hero from last year, hit that crazy shot against uh, Houston. Houston. And then I think Xavier Simpson is one of the more fun guards. Like He's someone that all right, doesn't have much of a premier game, but he just makes plays where it's getting his playmakers evolved or a rebound. He has that sky hook. You'll see every now and then, like he's a fun guard too. Yeah, so. yeah he does. It's yeah. so weird. Like yeah. every lab he takes, like a hook. Mm-hmm. It's so. I know they stumbled with Michigan, but they're still one of the best defensive teams in the country, and they got five legit, really good stars. And I deliver as, as their six man too. But you do wonder, can they hold up with that with that lackluster bunch? Right, and coached by a future Hall of Famer, oh, John Beeline, who, who has, you know, deep twenty runs on his resume. Mm-hmm. So you know he's he's game when it comes to March. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are you looking at in terms of you know elite eight here? This so this is like one of the more trick ones right now. I'm wide le- open. This region. yeah, I'm, I'm leaning towards Florida State, Michigan because it looks like we're gonna get a rematch with Florida State and Gonzaga, and then we could possibly get a rematch with Florida State, Michigan. So this is another region where it's like, all right, you see some familiarity. But I just think Florida State, which we haven't touched on a lot, but there they go about ten deep. They're super athletic. I love um, uh, what's his name? Terrence Mann's fun, but uh, Mufandu. Let me see. Mufandu Cabanelli. If yeah, I'm saying yeah. right, he's like the six man. You have Christ Kumaji, another six foot. Kumaji. I think yeah. he's slightly a little shorter. Nah, he's than Tagapol. seven. 
Yeah, yeah he's seven, but he's not he's, seven six. No, but no, he, no, he's, he's like about, seven two. Yeah. Yeah. And ever, I think Leonard Hamilton's like the sentimental favorite because he's seven years old. And everyone wants to see him do something. But remember, they made the lead eight. Yo, list. Leonard Hamilton. I did not know he was seventy years old until the other day. Like <laughs> that dude is the most stoic individual. Not mm-hmm. a wrinkle on his head because he has no expression. Like. Mm-hmm. No facial expressions, never is chewing anyone out, just right. standing there stoic as hell. Yeah. And like 70 years old. I was like, what the hell? I don't like, because Bayheim is 74 and he right. looks like every bit of it. <laughs> and then you look at Leonard Hamilton, he looks like, yeah. you know, 45 in my eyes. Like he could pass for 45. So, because all the top teams in AC have these illustrious coaches. You look at you know, Coach K, Roy Williams, Bayheim, right? Buzz, you got Tony Bennett. Right, uh, Chris Mack is—he's someone that's names kind of like you don't really th- hear much about Leonard Hamilton, but he look at Florida State's a legit threat, man. Yeah, and they've yeah. built that. Like they've had solid recruits. They have Malik Beasley who's in the NBA, uh, Dwayne Bacon. Yeah, so they've had good teams for like the last five years now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, shit, I could see them getting past Zaga, but I got Gonzaga, Michigan. It's it's tough for me. I'm going one two. Oh, um, Gonzaga. I just feel like no one respects Gonzaga every year come twenty time. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's East Coast bias being over here. Yeah. But they um, just made the final like two years ago, and that team was really good. So right. I Jonathan feel like the, Williams, yeah. uh, Nigel Williams, Goss. That's right. I love like, they, were, they were solid. And I, I think they command respect, but I do think this is a really tough region. And just the, the fact that Cuse is going to give them problems. Like, all right, we expect them to be zone. Yeah, that yeah. zone, because Gonzaga's not the most reliable shooting team. And then Florida State, which is that 9 10 man rotation, which is nine, but just these athletic. Just explosive players that all right, they're not they don't shoot that well, but Florida State's gonna put pressure and Gonzaga. They don't have I know Perkins is their point guard, but they don't have great ball handlers. They're mostly forward, so I could see them turnovers could be a big issue with them in that game. That's why I kind of lean Florida State, but yeah, but we haven't really talked about Texas Tech, but I just think their limitations scoring is gonna stop them at the end. They just don't score a lot other than Culver. They do play defense though. Yeah, but eventually that only gets you so far. That's true. That's yeah. true. But I, especially in this region, for, like they're gonna be playing Michigan, the Sweet Sixteen, most likely. Like Michigan, they have too much firepower for them. Yeah, and size. Teams. Like yeah. I, I think they'll overwhelm them. Right. But um, yeah, I got who you got going to the Final Four here? I'm going Michigan, man. I believe in Beeline and just that starting five. I think they'll get through it. I myself have Michigan too. Yeah, anticlimactic, but <laughs> dude, they they just always know how to step. Like they're one of those. Like you have certain programs that f- fall apart. In March, they have ones that always surpass expectations. Right, like, they thrive. Like, like Cuse, even though I know they got a tough draw, but Cuse, like you could see them upset Gonzaga. It wouldn't shock you one bit. Right. But I just think Michigan, they're just always penalty. Even though it is a little concerning they lost to Michigan State team has been kind of beat up three times. But you know, other than that, they don't really have any other bad losses that come to mind. Right. They destroyed Nova early in the year. Oh, my God. That was like the first. Yeah. That was like one of the first games I watched this year. I'm like, oh, God, Michigan's back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you talk about Nova, like Furman, Penn, yeah, Michigan. Yeah. It's like. Shit, what happened to Nova? Like yeah. two out of three titles and now falling right. apart. But um, all right, so let's move on here. We got uh the South up top, top right corner, weakest Virginia. region to me. What's that? Weakest region to me. Yeah, yeah, a little lackluster. Yeah. But um, Virginia back in the one slot after losing to UMBC last year. Oh, For you got to bring that up. <laughs> First one sixteen loss ever. I just uh, feel they're so in that bad predicament again. Oh. I feel like after that. They've returned just about everyone, right? Like Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy, um, DeAndre Hunter, mm-hmm. obviously is one of their best, maybe their best player. Um, Jack Salt, their big man. So they're stocked with everywhere you look. You know what their record is? I think in the past, I don't know if it's two or three years, but I, th- I saw something. I think they're 33 and three in the ACC in terms of regular season. Oh, yeah, they're lights That's out. That's insane. We're talking about ACC, the premier conference. Right. In college. And. I just feel bad because they're, they're unfortunately one of those programs that kind of fall apart. He's never seen the final four under Tony yeah. Bennett, which is like the big knock on him. It's like, he can't yeah. get it done in March. And I know closest. Oh, he's going to bring it up two years ago, right? Syracuse <laughs> coming back on Easter Sunday to knock them off. Um, but yeah, they're back in the one slot uh, playing another 16 Gardner Webb. I think the pressure's off, right? What, what, I what think like didn't region. they have to deal with last year? Yeah. That they're going to have to deal with this year. So um, I think just that section of, where they're in, they couldn't ask for more favorable with Kansas State and Wisconsin. Right, solid draw. Yeah. Like, I don't think they're going to have any issue until the lead eight. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're crazy. Because Wisconsin, they struggle to score. Like, if Wisconsin Virginia have to play, it's like first to 50, right? Right, yeah. And I'm going to trust DeAndre Hunter and Kyle Guy. Well, yeah, Wisconsin's interesting, too, because, you know, a lot of teams have employed the hack-a-hap hack. uh, strategy. Because Ethan Happ, if you don't know, he's one of the top – uh, players in college basketball, Damn right? Good player, four-year player, senior 
feel like he's been there forever. You talk about Perry Ellis, like he's yeah. another Perry Ellis type. Um, but can't shoot free throws. So mm-hmm. sometimes he gets pulled off late in games because when they're hacking guys, he's the first one they look for. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you said, they're they're already weak. They're limited offensively as it is with uh, Diedrich Trice. Yeah, he hasn't uh, played well. I do yeah. like uh, what's it, Davidson. I read a, her store on him. He's like the n- most notorious flopper, or at least someone that just tries to draw charges any way possible, and like fan, and like opposing fans just got his case. <laughs> so he's someone to keep in mind. But if you are looking for a twelve-five upset, I think Oregon's gonna be that trendy yeah, pick. Oregon it's is. the Oregon or Murray State. Those are like the two really trendy upset picks. Right. Yeah. Oregon is uh, a bit thief. Won the Pac-12 tournament. Um, you know, got the automatic bid. Shit, you go back to the start of the year. If you don't know, Bol Bol is on that team. A monster. Uh, son of Manute Bol, who was 7'6 in his own right. Mm-hmm. Um, top recruit, man. And unfortunately, he got a season cut short with injury, mm-hmm. um, which kind of hurt them. They they played Syracuse in the Garden. They were ranked in the top 25 wow. Oregon to start the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were really good. And then that, that injury kind of took things off the rails. But when it came to tournament time, they finished the season hot. They have Peyton Pritchard, who's, a, in my eyes, a top guard, right? Mm-hmm. Feisty defender. Yeah, he was um, on that Final Four team a couple years ago. I think right. he's the only player left from the Final Four yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, with Dylan Brooks and all yeah. those guys. Jordan um, Bell. Oh, I love yeah, Jordan. Yeah, that I was love Jordan team. Bell. Man. That was a really good team. Um, but yeah, he he reminds me of Aaron Kraft a little bit. Ah, oh my god. <laughs> he, play, he brings it both. Ends I think he shoots intensity. better than Aaron Kraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Aaron Kraft was more defensive, yeah. but I just like the intensity. Like he's always bringing it. Right. Um, but they got a nice little squad too. They got Lou King, who's a local product, mm-hmm. who's been solid for them. And they just grind it out defensively. So, you said first to 50, 50 when it comes to playing in Wisconsin. I think that this will be one of those games, mm-hmm. uh, tightly contested. But, yeah, Oregon, they're just rolling right now. Dana Altman, who's another great coach. Damn good coach, um, yeah. I prefer him to Wisconsin and Greg Gard. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's the silent assassin, the coach on Rothstein. <laughs> yeah, he's been there for some time. Took over for Bo Ryan, a uh, legendary coach before right. that. Uh, but I'm going to go, you know, I like that that 12-5. Yeah. Obviously, I have that in my my bracket myself. And then we have another potential upset with Kansas State and UC right? Irvine. Yeah, because Kansas State, the whole Dean Wade situation. I know some people are going to say D- Kansas State made the lead eight without Dean Wade last year. But let's take into consideration they played a pretty mediocre Creighton team. Then they had the 16. Yeah, that region fell apart. That was the one yeah. of the most hectic regions. And then that Kentucky team, they kind of self-employed. So Kansas State... And they lost to Ohio, uh, Loyola. Yeah, in the yeah. lead eight. Like, Kansas State couldn't have asked for a better draw. And here, yeah, they got kind of a favorable draw. But I just think they're another team without Dean Wade. You, they don't have that versatility. They just have a bunch of shooters like Stokes and Brown. But Dean Wade's he's the guy who makes it work because he's just an all-around playmaker. And without right. him. Uh, Big 12 player of the year candidate. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Bryce Brown, who I really like. Yeah, he's, he's a good he he's scorer. But top defensive player. Yeah. Like, he's elite on the defensive yeah. end. But they're another team. They just they don't if they're not shooting well. Like they're a very low percentage shoot team. They depend on the three a lot. They don't have much of a post presence outside of Wade. So without him, I think they're definitely a liable game. I'm saying. Yeah, and uh, you know, if you're looking for mascots, if that's who you pick by the Anteaters, <laughs> one of the better ones in, in the bracket. <laughs> I had no idea about that. UIC, yeah, bro. I gotta look that up. UIC Urban Anteaters. Okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah. and then you got Nova, right? The reigning, reigning, yeah, defending. <laughs> Uh, champ from last year, two out of the last three years. A little unusual to see him on the sixth line here. And huh? they're playing a team infamously upset them, what, 2010? Yeah, with Dela Vadova. Yeah, and Spellman. Oh, not Spellman. What was it? No, Spellman's Spellman was last year. You know, I'm, I'm trying to think there was like a big man they had, St. Mary's. I forget. Either. They have all these Australians. They, yeah, I, I, they I, always yeah. have big men. I love, I love St. Mary's story. I don't... I, the fact they're in is pretty... Them in Oregon, we think about two bid stealers yes. in, in the region. So uh, St. Mary's knocked off... Gonzaga, yeah. number one team in the country at the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Nova's got to be a threat, though. And I think this is a pretty good draw because I think Purdue is the weakest three seed to me. Yeah? Yeah. Like, I know, I just think they're too dependent on Edwards. They have a lot of shooters. But just you know you're going to get a lot of – you know you're going to get intensity and they're going to play lockdown defense, Purdue. But if Edwards have an off night, they could lose any time. Yeah, yeah. And Villanova, you know, like you have Eric Pascal, who's – I think played one title game, but he was there for two because he redshirted. I think right. that year as a transfer, mm-hmm. and then you have Phil Booth, who's been a part of two mm-hmm. title teams. So and Gillespie Jale- was a contributor and Roundtree last year. So right, right, yeah, it's they they still have. All right, it wasn't the starting core from last year, but they still have contributors I mean, from there. Shit, you lose four guys to the NBA and Jalen Brunson, Divincenzo, Amari Spellman, that's and Mikael Bridges, yeah. right? And you think it'd be a down year for the program, but mm-hmm. GQJ as they call him, Jay Wright, just has Stud. them right back in it. Like you said at the start of the show, won the Big East outright, won the Big East Conference tournament for, I think, three straight years now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that's all they know is just winning. And here they are again. Six seed. Expectations are a little low. Could be dangerous. Could be dangerous. Uh, yeah. I got to make it a Sweet 16. I think they'll beat Purdue. I think it's a good matchup for them. Nice, nice. Yeah. I got Purdue there, but I like it. Uh, okay. I definitely see it because you yeah. haven't. Uh, one of the more interesting matchups, if you move down a little bit, since Iowa, 7-10. You think so? I, I think dude, Iowa's defensive. been bad for like a month, right? Yeah, yeah. But, you know. Even the even Rutgers beat Iowa. Bro. They they blew yeah. them out. Not to, not to take a shot at Rutgers. I don't know, I don't know I if we have like Rucker Rutgers listeners. Rutgers on the bounce back, though, in the Big Ten. Yo, they might actually do so next year. Steve Pickell, They're going to be better than St. John's. Baker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fucking, I love Geo Baker. Geo Baker's right. a nice little player. But I just feel like Iowa hasn't played well in a month. And since they're, they're coming out of high. And, you, you know, they, they're not a team that plays really good defense. Well, Iowa just doesn't play defense whatsoever. Iowa? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they're really bad. And I just love the duo of Jordan Bohannon and uh, Tyler Cook. Yeah. That little they'll shoot. Team. Yeah, they'll shoot. But I think since he's too stingy. Cumberland. Oh, my God. He killed yeah. it. Player of the year in the yeah. American. So, right. top talent there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's I think it's just tightly contested. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so interesting. Yeah. And then rounding it out, Tennessee, uh, the two seed who fell short of winning the SEC tournament, but were a top SEC team uh, year-round mm-hmm. with – Kentucky and LSU. Yeah, they were the number one seat. They were number one overall for a couple of weeks, but then I think right. they got just trounced by Kentucky, and they haven't quite recovered since. But I think they're up there as one of the most well, talented. They teams. did beat Kentucky in the tournament. To be fair, they the did. SEC tournament, yeah. and they beat them uh, in early March. But I think uh, who was injured? Reed Travis. Yeah, Reed Travis. Reed Travis. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, so Tennessee rounded out. What do you got? What's it looking like there going into the Elite Eight? Uh, so yeah, I'm going to kind of go in chalk here, Virginia, Tennessee, but I do think this is a region where you want to go a little crazy with the upsets. Like, I really like both Oregon, UC Irvine. Like I might split it because I do two brackets, but I might split with those, but I think those are two potential upsets. I really like Nova over Purdue. Um, other than that though, I think, I just think Virginia, Tennessee are just a step above all these teams. So I can't see if I, I know Tennessee's a little bit concerned that they don't shoot particularly well. Turner has been kind of off and. But just you look at the town with Grant Williams. I love Schofield. He's one of my Admiral personal favorites. Dude, just one of the better monster. names in the tournament. He's just a Billy, like a monster. But he hits threes. He dry, like he's just so fearless. So I like him. And then I think Jordan Bowden is one of the more improved players in the country. Like they have just so much talent. But Tennessee this year is not great defensively. And if they start struggling to shoot from three point range, they could fall apart. But I still think though Virginia and Tennessee are just too talented not to get the lead eight. I got Virginia Villanova. Woo! Yeah, I think I think all the pressure's off and over here. And and Virginia too, as I said from the jump. So two teams playing with I feel like, you know, a lot of Damn. weight off their shoulders, no expectation. I mean, obviously with the one seed comes expectations with Virginia, but um, like we said, coming off the sixteen seed loss last year, it's just like, you know, now they can just play their game, right? They've had yeah. the worst of the worst happen to them already. So I got them going in deep into the Elite Eight. Wow. And then Nova, as John Rothstein says, they're like a Fortune 500 company, right? They just run themselves. Um, I think senior leadership goes a long way. One is a guard in Phil Booth, which is huge. He always uh-huh. has the ball in his hands down the stretch. Right. And uh, Eric Paschal, who's kind of like, I mean, I'm going to say it. He's a poor man, Zion Williamson. Okay. Right? You know, like, I was actually thinking of a poor man's Grant Williams, who you oh, think yeah. they're going to play. Right. Hey, that's a Great matchup. Two really they're, they're kinda undersized forwards, but they could do it all. They can shoot. Huge, like, yeah. yeah, they're they're big. They get to the free throw line a lot too. Right. They're, they can dribble. They're you know, like bulky big men who mm-hmm. can take anyone to the basket off the bounce and they can step out and shoot it. So right. um yeah, I mean I think Eric Pascal can hang with anyone. I would have loved to see him versus Zion. That would have been a fun matchup. Right. But uh we won't see that unless they get to the championships. But regardless, I'm going Virginia Villanova and then I got the Cavs, the Virginia Cavs getting to their first Final four under Tony Bennett, um, cracking the streak, getting it done. Ty Jerome, local product out of Iona Prep. Uh, Kyle Guy, the shooter. This is the year for them. This is it. They okay. finally get over the hump. I'm going Tennessee. I just think they're too talented. I think they'll eventually put together. I think Grant Williams will be a matchup nightmare for a Virginia team. They're not as undersized, but I just think Tennessee, when they can play that bully ball, and they could, they're one of the best free throw shooting teams as well. If they could get him and Schofield down low and then – course with the guards i just need lamonte turner to get his stroke back because he was such a good shooter last year i don't know what happened this year but if he could get together then you have jordan bowen and i know i'm a little concerned with rich Bar- i know barnes not many people are crazy yeah, rick about barnes. rick barnes i should say but tennessee i just think there's too much talent they, they were they could have made a run last year but they were they fall until the leola vortex leola yeah. just took over everything but i think this is the year tennessee they finally get to the final four the falls um 
All right, just moving right along here. The final region, the Midwest. We got um, UNC, the number one seed. You know, if, if there's any region, I think this is the one that lack, lacks some star power. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you have Kentucky down at the bottom with all the freshmen and uh, the experience with Reed Travis. You have Wofford, Seton Hall down there. I love Seton Hall. I love me some Miles Powell. God, um, and then the Wofford, shooters. who's one of the more exciting teams, talking about shooters, mm-hmm. uh, Fletcher McGee, mm-hmm. who's uh, becoming, if becoming, I, w- I don't want to say a household name, but a big name to watch out for in the yeah. tournament. I think that's the best seven ten matchup by far. Yeah, if you're gonna watch that game, uh, just watch those two names: Miles Powell, Fletcher McGee. Fletcher McGee literally comes off screens uh-huh. with his body all discontorted and will mm-hmm. shoot like not squared up or anything, mm-hmm. and he shoots it at a high percentage. So. Um, yeah, and you got Houston at the bottom down One there, the too. One of the best defensive teams in the country, Cohen Sampson, hell of a job. Right, right, number three. Iowa State, who we mentioned uh, earlier, at coming at the six against Ohio State, bubble team. I think that's one of the biggest mismatches. I can say Iowa State winning by like 20. I do not rate Ohio State at all. I think they were kind of fortunate to be. Yeah, they got uh, the Western brothers and uh, Luther Muhammad, who's yeah. I like. Well, Western just came off suspension, but I just. Right, it was I, interesting. It was weird. It was like yeah. a team thing. and right. they. I yeah, just think I, Iowa State has way too much talent for them. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And you got uh, Kansas. Very Unus- lackluster Kansas State. Right, right. It's yeah. a little unusual. A bit of a, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, a weird season for them. And Bill Self, they're usually, you know, in the top on the top two. At least seats. a two-seed minimum. Right, right. But uh, well, Gerald Vick, who was supposed to be a top player for them, abruptly left the program, mm-hmm. uh, didn't return. Uh, they have... All this stuff going on off the court with Bill possibly. Yeah, yeah. Sousa, I was injured out for the year. Yeah. Um, so a lot of stuff going on around the program. Because they beat Tennessee, I think, in November. And people were like, oh, God, Kansas, okay. Right, right. I think they, didn't they come into – all right, maybe Duke was number one. But they were right up there like to start the year as like the number one, number yeah. two team. Well, they were they yeah. were uh, solid until Azubuike. It was a big right. piece for them. Got hurt. Oh, yeah, he's a monster. And uh, first year in, I think, 12 years that they didn't win – at least a share of the Big 12, which was the longest act. And the Venera, man. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you move on up. You have Auburn there at five. Utah State, Washington's day and nine, which is an interesting one. Yeah. And then North Carolina, rounding it out up top. North Carolina's there because early in the year, Roy Williams like, we're not good. We, we I'm not coaching them well. Like it was like dooms. Like, it's all doom and gloom. You and see. And now look at them. Like they put yeah. together this crazy streak. I think they won like 15, uh, 16. I remember because I remember in January they lost to Louisville. They got smacked at home. By yeah. Louisville. And then since then, other than losing to Duke in the semis, they've just beaten everybody. Like they've put up a really good resume. And you see Kobe White. They Cam. Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson, yeah, yeah. Do you want to talk Pit about elevating yourself? I think him and Shock are like the two players that really elevate themselves this year. Both transfers, too. Yeah. Just kind of interesting. True, yeah. When you think about it. Uh-oh. Two players, because they're both seniors. Like, they were right. really good players as juniors, but they really took it to another level. Because I think he's their lean scorer, um, Cam yeah. Johnson. Well, yeah, they have a nice three-headed monster with him, Luke May and Colby White. True, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I love I love North Carolina. I've, said, I've talked with our buddies, and I said uh, – might be a, a stretch, but I think Kobe White might be the best guard in the country. Him or Winston, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, Winston yeah. was brought up as well. So, um, I always say he just always seems to be in control, even when he's going 100 miles per hour. You see him just best hair in the tournament right? too. Oh, you know God, what I'm saying? it's Got glorious. Flowing, <laughs> gotta love it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've said it several times in this podcast. Firmly believe it. Guard play and senior leadership wins, and they have it. You said mm-hmm. Cam Johnson, senior Luke May, senior. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke May has won a title, right? That's right. Um, Cam Johnson has not. <laughs> He's looking to fill that void. Um, so yeah, they they're talented, man, and they've they beat Duke twice. Um, some may put an asterisk next to it because Zion got hurt right within like a minute of the yeah. first time oh, he beat God, them, yeah. and then he didn't play the last time, uh, not the tournament, the last regular season matchup they played, mm-hmm. and Carolina took care of them again pretty handily. So they have that to their name. Lost to them by one with. Zion back, yeah. so it's not like they can't hang with. The and best I, and the I best. thought North Carolina outplayed them for the majority of the game. They just, I think they were taking too many threes. Like, I think they only shot like twenty percent threes. Kenny, right. Kenny Williams, who's a really good role player, he he was off that night. And Kobe White was taking some questionable shots. But UNC, I think for like thirty five minutes, were really taking it to Duke, but then it just fell apart. Then, but yeah, this is definitely a team girl line. I think this region though, there's definitely some. I wouldn't say upsets, but there's definitely some teams like Auburn, Iowa State. 
I could see easily making Sweet 16. Like, I think Auburn would take it to Kansas, given their talent level. Right. And if you look down at the bottom, Seton Hall, Kentucky, possible rematch. Uh, round of 32 match. Yeah. It was a rematch of earlier in the season okay. at the Garden, where Seton Hall upset them uh, with a, a Miles Kale. Uh, Crazy. Three uh, late in the game yeah. in overtime. I got a quick story about that game. Uh, this is like one of the first because I usually don't get into college basketball. It's like January. I have to catch a speed because I write about football. Right, right. But um, I was it was Santa Con that day, so I was like by MSG and like all these seen Hall fans here. I'm like, God, what's going on? Today? I'm like, Oh my God, they're playing Kentucky, and yeah. the game was at MSG. Oh yeah. So I'm like with 50 seen Hall fans, <laughs> and when that. Um, I forgot who hit the half court. I mean, it was Kelvin Johnson. Yeah, Kelvin Johnson. They were just all oh, like, oh, this was going to be so good for resume. But then they pulled out the end. Uh, just yeah. Scene Hall invaded New York that day. And like, I just never forget that. I was like, wow, it was, yeah, it was crazy. I, I was at uh, that week. I was at Toronto for 231 oh, UFC. Right, so we were watching that at the bar. We uh-huh. just sat down. We're like, oh, shit. Uh-huh. Miles Powell hit a crazy three from deep, oh, contested. He's insane. And then Kelvin Johnson gets that inbound pass from PJ Washington. And, it's a half court prayer since mm-hmm. overtime. We have to give some love to Seton Hall because I remember last year we were talking about them. How remember Delgado? Yeah, they're seniors. That's Rodriguez. Yeah, Kadeem Carrington. Yeah, like and everyone thought this year they're going to be rebuilding, but look, Kevin Will and those guys they just bring it every time they play. Like not to go on like a whole state jobs, but just comparing it to you just watch Seton Hall and like when the going gets tough, they just whether they have to lock in or obviously they're a good rebounding team as well. That big George, I don't even bother pronouncing his name, but. But Powell, he's another player, kind of like oh, Marcus wow. Howard. He'll take 25 shots, but you know what? He's going to get his numbers, and the shots are going to be mostly good looks. He's a very intelligent player, and he defends as well. So to me, seeing Hall, like, I think they could uh, – Wofford, that's like a 50-50. Like, if you're doing two brackets, that's one right there. I'm yeah. like, all right, I'll pick one there, one here. But they could push Kentucky, especially if Kentucky's not shooting on Because I think with the one issue with Kentucky, I'm not crazy about that guard play. Well, yeah, it's young. It's uh, Tyler Harrow, yeah. Kelvin Johnson. But I do love their front court of P.J. Washington, who for Kentucky is experienced because he's a sophomore, usually used to the one and done there. Yeah. He's been a force this year. And, like, um, if you look at Kentucky players to elevate their game from he was supposed to be a potential one and done, mm-hmm. I think he uh, entered the draft test. The waters came back. I mean, dude, it just took his game to the next level. Mm-hmm. And then they uh, added Reed Travis, uh, grad from transfer Stanford. from Stanford. God. Once I saw that, I was like, oh, boy. Back healthy. Yeah. Um for the tournament, the conference tournament, and he's ready to go for the NCAA. Uh, he was a beast in the Pac-12 yeah. on a bad Stanford team. I watched him a lot. Yeah. Now he's finally getting his shine. So that's a formidable front court. Um, I think like Nick Richards, like yeah. they're they're pretty yeah. deep and they have some experience. I think too. Yeah. Uh, if you look at sophomores and stuff, so yeah, I, I'd like Kentucky. I'm not going to sell them short. I have them going pretty deep here. Um, but yeah, I think other than DeAndre Hunter, people are saying like PJ Washington's arguably like the most improved player. If you want to go from freshman to sophomore, like he's just really elevates game. Like I think he's their go-to guy when you think about it. Just yeah. the way he makes plays. He he can hit threes oh, as well. Yeah, yeah. Because I know that Kentucky team has a lot of talent, but like who's the number one guy? But I think Washington over the past month has really elevated himself. Right. So, uh, but yeah, in this region, I think it's a pretty fun region. But like I said, I think Auburn, Iowa State, these teams that just score bunches. They have really good backcourts. I could see them both making sweet 16 pushes, but I think this is another region where it's hard to look past North Carolina, Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, I don't call you crazy, but I'm going North Carolina, Houston. So you're right. All right, man. Uh, Riding the Kelvin Sampson. I think they're underrated, right? They play in the American, which is the the scraps of the big East <laughs> uh, weird conference there, but they just have, you know, a solid backcourt and Corey Davis and uh, Armani Brooks. Um, yeah, I mean, they play defense, mm-hmm. which is huge in March. And I just think, you know, less heralded, not talked about Houston team. I think they make a deep run. They're a top-ten team in the country. True. A, a One of the best defensive seeds, teams, yeah. Right? They got – they beat Cincy, who they lost. They lost to Cincy in the American Championship, right? Yeah. But before that, they beat them by – I think it was like 40 or close yeah. to it. Weren't they like 27-2 at some point? Like, they had a crazy yeah. record. Well, they finished 31-3. and three, oh, So, 31 yeah. team, <laughs> which is unusual in college, right? right? You have to be a top team and win 30 games prior to the tournament. So, there's that. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to Houston. Uh, okay. Our buddy Eric, who's – a UConn fan has talked me into it. Uh, he sees them. I think they beat I, UConn by like 45. American. I saw a couple of these. Oh, in the American yeah, in the tournament. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a bit of embarrassing. Uh, but 40 piece in the tournament is rough. Jesus. But yeah, I'm going Houston, 
UNC Elite Eight. I feel like that's Houston's being very overlooked. Like I really like Iowa State, so that's why I pick Iowa State or Houston. But Houston's a team. Well, Iowa State is rolling too. Yeah, so it's not that crazy. But it's just Houston not having that exposure, but also like they're not this high scoring team. They don't really have any stars. Like I think Corey Davis Jr. is their lean yeah. scorer, and I like Brooks as well. But they don't have any like these big names. Like you see some of these like lower teams, like not lower. I'm talking about like lower profile. We have Gonzaga or Cincinnati. Like right. they have star players. Houston, you only see, or even like a UCF, they, they got some names. Houston, no one really sparks you. Just, you hear about Calvin Sampson doing his phenomenal job. That's a bit. It's more, more with the coach and just their program and the culture behind Houston that's kind of driving them. But look, they're at three C for a reason. Yeah, yeah. But I got them going, coming out here too. You got them going to Final Four. Yeah, I think UNC is vulnerable. They are vulnerable. I think they're, you know, if they have, they don't really have shooters in my eyes, although Cam Johnson can get it done and Luke May can step out there. But I don't know. I, I, I see an upset here. I, I'm going Houston. Okay. Houston's coming out here. For I like me. the balls. It's just Houston. It's, we have a problem. Yeah. I like the balls because it's just it's hard to go. It's hard to think about it. Like I could see in terms of teams that aren't one or twos. Like I see Florida State seriously making the final four. That's the only one that comes to mind. But there's some regions where like I'm gonna I'm still like considering like there's one like the West for me it's between Florida State and Zaga Michigan. Like I still have definitively picked. Like I'm pretty confident Michigan for this one. Like I'm going with Kentucky, but like in another bracket, I can easily go North Carolina because I still believe, obviously, with the their shooting ability and just Luke May, just everything he does. Yeah, like he's just a workhorse. Like he's he has hands burn when you think about it. So, but for me, I just think Kentucky with their front court way too talented, and I think Tyler Hero is going to come in the clutch because he, he arguably is the best free throw shooter in the country, and people don't t- put stock in the free throw shooting at this time of year when you think about it. Right, and that's huge. I mean, yeah, as a Syracuse fan. They struggle freaking every year. It feels like a few throws. Yeah. Have, or just college basketball in general. If you have a team that can shoot free throws in college, it goes a long way. Yeah. So I'm going Kentucky. Nice. So right to the final four we go. I got Virginia Houston on the right side. Duke, Michigan. I got Virginia over Duke. Natty champs. They get over the hump. Tony Third Bennett, time's a charm. Tony Bennett finally gets his. Third time's a charm. Two of their losses this year have yeah. come to Duke. They can't get over that hump. This is it now. Now is the time. Virginia. Damn. Well, I'm going Duke, Kentucky. Oh, Duke over Kentucky, I should say. Look, sorry. I know it's lame. I hate Duke as much as the next person, but with Zion and then RJ Bear, just he, he's almost had a triple double every game at this point. Yeah. I know they're inefficient. They don't shoot, but it's just it's not just all star stars. You got the Delory, I think's really stepped up. You have Marquise Bolin supposed to come back at some point. Like they have the front court. Trey they, Jones, like is the oh, floor he's a lockdown. Oh my god, like he can't hit a jump shot, but it doesn't even matter because it's yeah, a lockdown lock, day. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I just Duke's just too much star power. Unless you have a crazy idea, like I, you could take Virginia, it's not a problem. But I, it's just hard to overlook Duke. It just really is. I mean, yeah, it's they're obviously gonna be the most yeah. popular pick this year yeah. come March. But um, yeah. there you have it, man. Uh, just before we wrap up, any Cinderellas this year? Anyone you can see going deep? A la Loyola Chicago from last year? So, defined by go deep, do you mean talking about Elite Eight? Yeah. It can't be Sweet 16. That's a little too... Nah, you gotta be like, yeah, Elite Eight. Elite Eight? I don't know. <laughs> Just... Like I said, you look at Oregon, UC Irvine, those are two teams I could easily see making a Sweet 16, but... I don't know, man. You're the mid-major guy. Can you give him some love? No? I think Utah State, possibly, over UNC. Oh. I think that's too early, but... I mean, Utah State is heavily liked from, uh, you know, the the bracketologists. Mm-hmm. Um, they're being talked about. So they're they're an eight seed, uh, well respected. They mm-hmm. won their, their conference tournament. They were probably going to get a, an at large, even if they didn't. Right. Uh, it was them in Nevada. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I got I got them. Oh, God, I wish as no- a possible team. I'm not going to say it's likely. I just think it's a possibility that uh, a mid major. They are an eight, so kind of mm-hmm. weird there because we saw a couple. Uh, high seas like Florida State was an eight last year. Go yeah, deep. Uh, loyal Chicago, like we said, Ka- uh, Kansas State. Yeah, so a few. Teams. I think they were a nine because remember they played against Porter and against Missouri. Everyone was like, "Oh my yeah, god, yeah. Porter's coming back!" And then they lose. They win by like yeah, twenty. Yeah. yeah, I wish Nevada wasn't playing Michigan. I would have taken Nevada to go far, but I just like Michigan too much. But I'm not picking to go far because I'm a Tennessee guy. But Cincy, they are going to be playing Columbus. So if you were looking for the home court, but he notorious chokers. We have to say they always fall apart for some reason. But Mick Cronin, I yeah. But he as a seventh seed, if you want to look at possibly that. But other than that, it's it's hard to predict for Cinderella. When it happens, it happens. You just hope 
the Cinderella doesn't affect your natural champion or even Final Four. Because I think that's what the bracket's about. As long as you just that Final Four is maintained somehow, right? You're good. Like you could lose a couple of Elite Eight teams, but you just have to keep the Final Four intact, which is essentially impossible because it's March Madness. The madness starts tomorrow, Tuesday night. It starts Wednesday night. Goddamn it! For you, it starts Wednesday. (laughs) For me, it starts Thursday. Uh, Looking forward to it. If you are a Patreon member. Uh, first off, we appreciate you and everything you've done for us. Um, you know, goes a long way for us. And uh, if you, we'd like to give back. So we started a tournament uh, challenge, $200 to the winner. Check the Discord. Um, all the information is in there. We're trying to get as many people in there as possible. If you're a Patreon, free entry. And uh, myself, Lamb, Tim, and Joe will be in there. We might get Alan in there too. We should get Alan in I there. I got that. Just because for getting on here with us and appreciate you coming in today. Um, looking forward to the madness. Alan, if they're looking for you, where, they, where can they find you besides at the bar on Wednesday night? Uh, Alan underscore Sturk. That's A double L E N underscore S T R K. If you're looking for Nick, my usual co host at the Lamb Show, Tim is at Tim Petrop. Joe at Joe Santagato. Everything podcast related is at Veterans Minimum. Uh, myself at Endevito27 on Twitter and Instagram. Um, thank you for tuning in. We're looking forward to the madness, and we will see you soon. The headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com